Hi, and welcome to the Sit Down with Suzanne podcast. I am your host, Suzanne, and welcome to the show. Well, who am I? I am a author, a life coach, a minister, a motivational speaker, and a leader with over 20 odd years of experience leading multi-million dollar corporations. And I am here for your listening pleasure. For my first time visitors, welcome to the show. Stick around. I promise you there's something for you. And to all my returning listeners, I thank you. I thank you for every like, every subscriptions, every review, every email. I promise you I'm going to pre- keep on putting out quality content that you can listen to. So don't forget after every episode. You got to listen, you got to like, you got to share, got to do all of that. And I will keep coming back with more content. So my episode today is to vax or not to vax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, right? I am not a medical doctor. I am not a medical expert. So this is coming from the viewpoint of me. So I'm going to preface this by saying that this is my opinion about my experience. And you know what? Truthfully, everyone has the right to make the choices for their lives. And, you know, the choices that you make for your life, they're based on your values. They're based on your experience. That's based on your faith. There's so many factors that go into deciding what choices are right for you. But I wanted to do this episode for a long time, and I thought about it back and forth because there's so much debate about should you get vaccinated or shouldn't you get vaccinated. And I made a decision um, personal for me. Um, Hopefully it will help somebody. Um, But one of the things I do want to encourage you guys, you know, be patient with each other. You got to listen to somebody's side because everybody has a reason for doing it. Unless you're the ones that says you don't believe that COVID exists. And then listen, I don't have time for that. Like I don't have the energy to debate COVID to you right now. So talk to somebody who has lost somebody for COVID. Talk to somebody who has suffered uh, because of COVID and tell them that it doesn't exist. COVID is not political, even though so many people have tried to politicize it, politicize it, right? You know how I mess up my words sometimes, right? Um, So let's just, we're not here to debate whether um, COVID exists. We know it exists. We saw the devastation, not just here in America, all over the world. We saw the unprecedented things that it did. We saw the shutdown in business. We saw the changes in corporations. We saw the changes in supply management. We just saw so many um, uh, ginormous changes that consistently happen. And even today, we're feeling it. The travel economy, you know, education, healthcare, the way that we socialize, all these things were impacted and affected and will be for a very long time because of COVID. So don't you dare say COVID doesn't exist and millions all over the world died um, for this. So let's not let their life be in vain. So I wanted to talk to you guys about it. So I titled it to vax or not to vax because, hey, I thought it was a catchy title and vax is obviously short for vaccine, right? So here's this. Like I mentioned earlier, I've been meaning to record this episode for a while, but, you know, I held off. Um, And something happened the other day that I'm like, okay, I got to throw this episode out there because not only I I think that it's going to just bring some a different perspective from somebody else. And you know what? I know that there's a lot of celebrities and a lot of experts, um, you know, recording podcasts and doing things about the vaccine. But here's the difference between them and me. I am reachable. 
a lot of them, you know, we're not able to relate to their experiences sometimes. So, and a lot of folks don't listen to, you know, certain things because A, they don't have the opportunity, but I'm accessible. I am relatable. I am not famous. I am simply Suzanne otherwise known as Positively Suzanne. I thought about that for a while, but I think there was somebody who had that name, Simply Suzanne. I, I like the SS, but anyway, I digress. Y'all know how I do. So my daughter and I, you know, we were like during the pandemic, like some of y'all, we did put on a little extra, you know, pandemic weight because, hey, you know, food here, we eat food. We were on that seafood diet. We saw food. We ate food anyway. Okay. I'm not a comedian, but it's fine. That was funny. So laugh. So we put on a little weight and we decided that, all right, we want to go back to our health. We want to go and, you know, enjoy our summer. We want to go to the beach and, you know, enjoy your summer, whatever your body type. I am doing this for my health. It's not because I'm trying to have a hot girl summer. And I say that because every time I say hot girl summer, my daughter cringes. She is dying. She just like, mom, seriously, you got to stop. So I say hot girl summer at least um, a few times a week just to throw her off. So just to say, hey, 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 mommy's not that old, right? And I don't know if I mentioned this before, but y'all know I love memes. So I saw this meme the other day that said, and I think I've mentioned it before, that said, if if you're over 35 and 40, you're talking about a hot girl summer, you need to go sit down because you're about to have a golden girl summer. And my daughter think that's hilarious. But anyway, so we go to the gym. We're trying to figure out, you know, what's right for us. Um, should we take up walking and things like that? So yeah, I do have to be kicked, dragging and screaming to exercise. And I love the way I feel after, but it's just getting that motivation to go to exercise, right? So we had the gym checking it out. And during the interview process, you know, I asked about, and, you know, I mean, I'm concerned. I said, you know, um, can you tell me about if there's been any COVID outbreaks at the gym? And, you know, the young man was like, yeah, no, I can't talk about that. I was like, all right. So I said, well, has there been any cases? And he was like, yeah, no, I can't talk about that either. And I was like, all right, I'm not asking you to disclose, like, you know, confidential information, but I want to know if there's been a lot of exposure, if there's been a lot of outbreaks. I mean, are you ground zero? That's all I was trying to determine. And I will say while I was at the gym, I was, you know, I did see people there um, exercising and wiping down the equipment and things like that. And obviously I would wipe down before I use it, but he was just like, nah, 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 I can't talk about that. Um, so then I was like, well, hopefully, you know, most people are vaccinated and, um, you know, we will be able to get back out there because most people will be vaccinated. And then he was like, um, that's another thing. And he was like, all right. So he was like, yeah, I'm not vaccinated. And I said, okay, let me see where we're going. And he says to me, well, um, I believe in conspiracy theories. And I was like, oh Lord, where are we going now? So he was like, yeah, I believe in conspiracy theories. And he's like, do you remember how are we talking about 5G before this whole vaccine thing? And now they're not talking about um, 5G. And then, you know, he just continued on. He started to tell me that he believed that the vaccine as, you know, they have the 5G in the vaccine. So those with the vaccine has the 5G in them. Um, so this 5G is now in every vaccinated person and now like they're keeping track of us. I don't know who they are, but they are now keeping track of us. And he mentioned a few other um few other conspiracies and some of them were out there and I was like, oh M G. Listen to each his own do your thing. I mean I love that movie way back in the day with Julia Roberts and Mel Gibson before he went cray cray. Um about conspiracy theory, but, and I like a conspiracy theory as much as the next person, but seriously, like this guy was out there and I'm thinking to myself, OMG, this is what I'm dealing with. Listen, 
every single person has the right to their opinion and they have the right to make the choices that are better for them, um, that are best for their lives and their lifestyles. And, you know, in the very beginning, I will say this, I had said that I wasn't going to be vaccinated. I, you know, I thought of people of color and this is where I was coming from. So I'm a person of color and Y'all know that in the past, people of color has been test subjects, unwilling and sometimes unknown test subjects to medical experiments that were done on them. So one of the ones that like had stuck out to me was the Tuskegee, the Tuskegee experiment. So this experiment, for those of you who are not familiar, so please do some research on it. So the Tuskegee experiment, it was in 1932. Um, so at the time, there was no treatment for syphilis. So and syphilis was a very contagious venereal disease. So they recruited these black men um, and they promised them free medical care. So there was over 600 um, African-American men and they were from Macon County, Alabama, and they enrolled them in this project. And they, you know, because they they promised them um, free medical care. But what they were trying to do was kind of study the full progression of the disease. So these um, uh, men, they were obviously very poor. They were mostly sharecroppers. And a lot of them hadn't even been to a doctor. First of all, you know, black folks couldn't even go to the doctor. And then a white doctor, and then how are they going to afford that? So it, it was like, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of intelligence in terms of things like this. So they hear free medical care, right? So these doctors, though, were from the U.S. Public Health Service. So it's not like this was a, a shadow organization that was doing this. This was from the United States Public Health Services. Um, they were running the study and they informed the participant. Um, and there was 399 of them that had latent syphilis. And there was a control group of 201 others who did not have it. So like I said, it was about 600, 399 had latent syphilis, 201 were free of the disease. And they were treated, they were treating them for bad blood. And back in the day, you got to remember, they used bad blood to refer to, um, you know, basically anything that was wrong with y'all back in the day. So it was like, oh, it's bad blood because this described everything. It's It, it uh, described a plethora of ailments. Um, and these men, they were monitored by healthcare workers, um, but they were only given placebo. Um, like aspirins and mineral supplements and things like that. They didn't give them um, penicillin, even though at the time penicillin was what was recommended to treat syphilis. This was in 1947 that penicillin was recommended to treat syphilis. And this was 15 years into the study. So they also convinced the local doctors in Macon County not to treat the participant once this treatment, um, once penicillin was recognized to be the correct treatment. Um, so they continued to do the research on these men um, at the Tuskegee Institute. Um, it's also now actually being called the Tuskegee University. Um, and the school was founded in 1881 um, with Booker T. Washington as the first teacher. So back to these people. So they were tracking the disease. They were tracking the full progression of the disease. They did not give them any cure or anything, even when they figured out that penicillin was the right cure. They wanted to track the progression of the disease. A lot of these men, because syphilis was dangerous, they went blind, they went insane. They had like crazy, crazy um, ailments and things like that. Um, you know, over the years, like I think like in the 60s, um, 
they found out, uh, some people found out, which I don't know how they found out because it's not like it was a secret. It was the worst kept secret, right? Um, about it, they raised concerns, um, you know, they said that it was unethical. The people that were in powers, the powers to be, they ended up like not letting them do it, not letting them shut it down. So they continued to do it. Um, somebody leaked the story and then it came out. But at this point, you know, so much had happened. So many people had had so many illnesses. So many people had died. They had congressional airing about it in the 70s, um, you know, um, presidents since have spoken up. They've given settlements to the survivors of this uh, experiment because a lot of these people, like they pass these things down to their children um, and things like that. Um, so they declared it some crisis. Um, Bill Clinton, when he was president, he issued an apology. So there's just so many things that happened after that. But at the end of the day, they experimented on these people. They lied to them. Um, and even when there was a cure, they didn't even give them the cure. They continued to treat them with placebos and let them continue it because they wanted to study the effect of syphilis. Can you imagine letting people die willingly because of this? So there is that. And then, you know, there was a story of Henrietta Lacks. There is just so many stories of experiments being done on African-American um, people. So I had a genuine fear of um, participating in something like that. And, you know... I'm not a fan of experimental drugs for my race. And it had not escaped my notice that people of color were disproportionately affected by COVID-19 and they were getting sick and dying at a more alarming rate than other other race. So I knew that obviously we would be the majority of the ones taking the vaccine and that terrified me. And at first I'm like, you know, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Let the first batch come out. I was like, you know, let's, you know, like when PlayStation or the new phone comes out, you know, the first couple of kinks have to be worked out. So you never want to buy the first batch. And I think that might've changed over the years, but that's how I've always thought. I'm not getting the first batch. I'm not waiting in line the first day to get the phone. And before um, y'all say anything, I'm an Android, not an iPhone user, but that's another debate for another day. So anyway, that was my story. My mom, Mom was elderly and she lives in a retirement home and she was very lucky that she was not, that was not one of the retirement home. Um, I should say elderly apartments. If I say retirement home, she's going to hurt me. Um, she was one of the first people like in that age group to take it. And she was fine. You know, she had some symptoms after the second one, like thirst and, you know, some little aches and pains and pain and, you know, things like that. But she took it. She was fine. Then, um, my brother who has a medical condition, he also took it. And, you know, I was thinking about it. Um, that, okay, my mom got it. Um, and so now I'm thinking, okay, so now my kids haven't really seen my mom in a very long time. I haven't really seen my mom. We haven't hugged my mom and I don't want to put my mom in danger. So, you know, I was thinking about it back and forth. Um, and then I saw that, um, another friend, another time I was talking to a friend of mine that was in a country that the vaccine wasn't readily available and she had no idea when this vaccine would be. And, you know, I then, was watching the news and I saw, and I don't just, I don't get my news from social media because, you know, social media can get it twisted sometimes. And I saw that just the rate of COVID infections was falling. The death rate was decreasing. Less people were getting sick and dying. And, you know, this was, was one of the major reasons that, you know, I changed my mind. So my mother took it and was fine. My brother took it and was fine. And I, you know, I still had hesitation 
And then I was just talking to, like I mentioned, a friend of mine, and I thought about how privileged I was that I was in a country that the vaccine was available to me and I had the opportunity to take it. And there were people in these countries that the vaccine was not available. And even when it got available, a lot of these countries are so corrupt that by the time it gets to somebody who is in my age group, is in my bracket, or, you know, some people, the people who need it, they're not going to get it. And many people will still continue to die because they don't have it. And I was like, okay, this, you have to make the decision. Plus I want to see my mom. I didn't want to put my mom in danger. And I was seeing these cases because before I, you know, I would watch and I tried not to, but I couldn't help, but watch the reports of how many people were impacted by COVID, how many people were sick, how many people were dying, how many field hospitals there were. And then I noticed communities were shutting down field hospitals. Um, you know, there was less people were being hospitalized for COVID and COVID related illnesses and things like that, less people were dying and the death rate went down significantly. And I said, okay, Suzanne, you definitely need to. So I decided my husband and I, we do everything together. We went and we got our first shot. Um, you know, it was all right. Um, no major symptoms for the first one. Um, then, you know, we waited and we took the second shot and we did take the Moderna. Um, the second shot, I did um, end up taking a couple of days off work and I was preemptive. I took it off before because I've heard varying degrees of um, ailments after, right, or side effects. And we were, so the next day, so we did have the thirst and I did have, you know, aches and pains for a couple of days. The day directly after though felt like I was exercising. It felt like I was hit by a Mack truck. Um, and, but then after, you know, the first initial couple of days for the things I was fine, I was fine. I was glad I took it. Um, and then my daughter, when they got the Pfizer vaccine, um, uh, for teenagers was the same situation as like, I don't want to put my child through this. I don't want her to get her the vaccine, um, and things like that. So same thing. Um, we ended up deciding, you know, and I, I spoke to her cause she is old enough. And I said, you know, Hey, um, I'm thinking about this. Um, and she's like, no mom, I want to get it. So I was like, okay. So we decided to have her get it. So we set the appointment up. She took it. Same thing. She was fine on the first day, second shot, you know, a few little symptoms and things like that. Um, but, you know, I made sure that I was there and readily available for her um, because the second shot definitely had more symptoms than the first. So I did take that day off and spend the day with her um, to ensure that she didn't get worse. And then my husband was off the next day um, to be with her also just to um, ensure that if anything happens, he would be able to rush her to the hospital. I'm happy to report that after a few days, she was fine. She's good. My husband's good. I'm good. Um, she's good. And you know what? At the end of the day, I truly still don't know um, what's in the vaccine. A lot of people say that. Truthfully, I don't know what's in a lot of the medicines that I'm given. I suffer from migraines. I take, I try to avoid taking it, but sometimes I have to. Um, I don't know what's in the flu shot and I've taken it um, a couple of times. Um, you know, a lot of the medications that I take. So I am not trying to trivialize anyone's pain or trivialize, you know, their feelings about not getting vaccinated. Um, this is personal for me. And maybe 
listening to this won't help you decide if you're going to get vaccinated or not. But what I would like for it to do, um, I would just like to give you a different perspective. So I'm not here to tell you that, yes, you should go and get vaccinated because that is your personal opinion and your personal decision. But it was right for me, um, even with known about the experiment, even with known about just the atrocities that has been done in the name of medicine against my people of color. Um, I tried to make an informed decision um, that I felt would be beneficial for my family. So my husband, myself, and my teenage daughter, we all got the vaccine, had side effects on the second one, not the first one, but we're doing great. Um, haven't had any side effects and I don't know what's going to be in the future. Do I 100% trust in the vaccine? I can't tell you that I do, but do we 100% trust in any medicine? So no, I mean, I do know that I have faith in God and I am praying and believing that this vaccine will work, um, that this vaccine will allow us to go back to not normal because normal wasn't good, um, but just go back to doing some of the things that we had taken for granted before. Um, so we did it. We're good. Um, one of the things I love to see is, you know, I still look at the CDC guidelines. What do they recommend? I still listen to Dr. Fauci. I'm a Dr. Fauci fan. I am. Um, I I trust him. Like, I'm not a scientist, so I'm going to trust his worth over mine when it comes to that. Um, I don't think he has any ulterior motives. I, I really don't. And you could debate it all you want. But like I mentioned, the decision was best for me and my family. We're doing well. I like the fact that, and you know, one of the best things about this decision is I see that um, the rates of COVID um, infection has decreased significantly, um, you know, based on people that are vaccinated. Um, the rate of deaths from COVID has decreased significantly. You know, the funny thing is, um, while we were in the height of it, you were looking at seeing thousands of people dying per day from this thing. And since the vaccine, uh, this has fallen off. So that is why I made the decision um, for my myself and my family. And, you know, I have a smaller kid that's not a teen and I know they're looking into vaccinating um, that. And it's something that I'm, you know, discussing with my husband because I also want her to be protected. Um, we are slowly going back out there. We are visiting places. We're going on vacations. We're doing the things that we never thought about before you know, going out, like, we just never thought of it. Like, oh my goodness, am I putting my life in danger if I do this? You know, going out to a restaurant, going to a park, going to a playground and things like that. And, you know, last summer the kids were in home and we were very, very, very blessed um, that, you know, a, the kids had a home that they were happy in, that they were comfortable in. We had all our utilities, uh, you know, things like that. Like There were people that are homeless that were living in their cars. There were people that were in hospital, people that were dying, people that were in made up um, shelters for people with COVID and things like that. And, you know, actually, I think um, Grey's Anatomy, which is a show that I loved, I think they did a really good job with just really showing um 
aside of the pandemic that you really didn't get to see like how the nurses and doctors um, dealt with it. So I, I mean, I've always been a fan of Grey's Anatomy. I've always been a friend of Sandra Rhymes. Um, I like the way they, you know, they tell a story and yes, you do have the drama, um, but you do have the reality of what's going on. You know, they touched on the, like not touched on, I, they really went in depth with the COVID-19 pandemic. And we really saw, cause we only heard the reports, but we really saw how the nurses and the doctors dealt with it. Um, we saw how, you know, just racial tension and things that were happening also. So I think Grace and Amy did a really good job for us to see it from that other side, but it was the right decision for me. So as you're pondering whether you should get vaxxed or not, um, I hope that my um, this podcast brings you some clarity. Um, do the research for yourself. You know, look into COVID deaths and COVID rate, um, rates and illnesses and all of that. And, you know, what's happening now since most people are vaccinated. And I will tell you, I'm a fan of President Biden. I, I truly am. You know, I wasn't a fan of the other one. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy that we have somebody that is compassionate and empathetic. That's at the end of, obviously I don't agree with every decision that he makes, but I do believe that he's making decisions that are at the best interest of the public. So that is something that I am very happy to say I'm a supporter of his. So hopefully you learned something from this. Hopefully it made you thought. And as you make the decision whether you should get vaccinated or not, please, I would appreciate your feedback. Don't forget to listen um, to the podcast on in all major podcasting directors. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, um, TuneIn, Google, Amazon. There's just a plethora of places. iHeart, Pandora. Go ahead, listen to them all, subscribe to also that you'll be notified every single time a new episode comes up. Um, you know, write back to me about your favorite episode, like something that made you thought, how this has blessed you, how this has touched you, how this has changed you, or, you know, however, try to keep it positive. I understand if it's a negative review, it's okay. We grow from feedback, but like, let's be positive. Like, I think we have enough negativity and hatred in the world. So let's just go forth and be positive. So listen, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about about it, um, email me at Suzanne at positively Suzanne.com. And until next time, I hope you were inspired. I hope you were motivated and I hope you were empowered. And this is Suzanne signing off.